When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Mortgage Lending Mastery. Get the knowledge you need from America's Mortgage Mentor. With more than 30 years of experience and over $1 billion in lifetime fundings, you'll learn to take your mortgage practice to new heights. Certified Mortgage Planner and CEO of KineticSparkConsulting.com, here is Jennifer Duplessis. Welcome back, everybody, to this final edition of Mortgage Lending Mastery on the 10 Ways to Make an Impact in Your Mortgage Practice series. This is your host, Jen Duplessis. Whew, here we are, finally at the end of this series. I am so excited to be able to have some interviews, etc., coming forward because I have been talking to you for 11 straight weeks without having anybody on my podcast to talk back with. So bear with me as we continue to uh, finish this up and learn about the 10th way to make an impact in your mortgage practice. So today's podcast is about sharing success stories and or recommendation letters with your clients and realtors and other referral partners. Now, we all have success stories, but we sometimes fail to write them down or remember them. And so I want to encourage you to start today thinking about some of the success stories that you've had, some of those clients that just made you smile, or realtors who the relationships are just wonderful. Those are great success stories for you to write, for you to sit down and perhaps on a monthly basis and get it on your calendar or on a quarterly basis, or really as they happen, to write down these success stories and and kind of, you know, think through what you did to make them a success story. Maybe it was a client who had really bad credit and you've worked with them for a year or two years and now they finally were able to get their home. And how did you do it? What did you, what did you do when you went through the process? Or maybe it was like a situation that happened to me today um, where we went to closing on a $705,000 purchase, but the listing agent, uh, about two hours before closing, sent over an addendum to the contract changing the price to $715,000 and no one had agreed to it. And um, so it was a little bit of a mess, and you know we all have those kinds of hiccups that happen. Um, ultimately, we went to closing at the seven hundred and five thousand dollar purchase price, which is what we should have done. But there was a lot of hearsay about the fact that the buying agent verbally committed to seven hundred and fifteen thousand, yet the selling agent had her sellers sign a seven hundred and five thousand dollar purchase price contract. And during the course of the three and a half or so weeks that we were in process, nothing was ever mentioned by the selling agent or anyone about the price, all the way to us issuing issuing our documents and sharing the final 
um, approved HUD. So what a mess that was. And so that's a great story to say, you know, that even though that kind that kind of situation happens, it's how we handle them and how we maneuver through them and support our clients and our referral partners as we go through those. So those are great stories to tell. And I'm sure we all have one of those horror stories in the back of our minds from years and years ago. For those of you that are new, if you don't have a success story to share right now, then steal somebody else's. Ask someone else to share with you a success story. Just make it your own. We're protecting the names anyway when we're doing these, so there's no reason that we can't all share these success stories. If you're a team, share them amongst each other. When you have a success story, have a folder in, um, not paper, I'm not a paper person, but have a uh, digital folder that's just for success stories or recommendation letters, etc., so that we can all go in, or you all can go in and take a look and, and nab one of those that works for a specific client. So we all have these success stories to share. And then hopefully we've got recommendation letters or referral letters, um, uh, brag letters, reviews, evaluations, whatever you want to call them. Let's talk about the recommendation letters because um, if you don't have any of these, I want to show you or tell you about a way that you can get them for virtually every single customer that you work with. And that is so powerful to be able to create your brand and get your reputation out there. And um, so I want to talk about those today. So we're going to talk about both the success stories and the recommendation letters. But before we do that, I want to just say thank you so much for allowing me to share with you these 10 ways to make an impact in your mortgage practice as the first of my podcast um, series. And I'm again, I've mentioned before, I'm so excited to be able to interview some loan officers, um, both new and old and top producers and not so top producers and other people in, in and out of our industry that I feel would be beneficial to helping you and your business uh, to help you grow. And, you know, I hope that you're sharing this with your colleagues and other people in your cities and, and at your networking groups, etc. because most of what I'm talking about is for loan officers, but certainly anyone who's in business, this can be applied to their business. They can take any one of these 10 ways to make an impact in their their practice and not specific to mortgage. So please share it with everyone um, and let me know what's happening. I want to know how this has impacted your business and how it has changed your business and hopefully for the best because over 11 weeks, we're already into a full quarter of time and this should have made a significant impact in, in how your business is run and hopefully your numbers are up. So track everything for me. Make sure that you're um, keeping keeping good track of what you're doing and when you're doing and, and what those results are because I'd really like to know if I've been helpful to you in your business. So let's talk about success stories. Um, I use them for a couple different places. So like I said, um, we create success sto- stories as they happen. And um, once we write them up, we use them in a couple different ways. One is when I'm meeting with new referral partners After we've had a meeting, um, I will start sending these success stories to them. And I don't take, I don't send too many of them. Currently, I only send four. I send one every other week uh, after I've had a meeting with a referral partner just to keep myself top of mind and to share with them some of the things 
that I can help them um, solve. So I have one about a first-time home buyer. I have one about a client that had credit situation. I have another about a client that um, relocated and how stressful it was for them and how happy they were at the end. And then I have one that really hones in on my certified mortgage planning skills that talks about how we did some restructure on a refinance. So you want to have a nice range of things that you're sharing with people, but I just use the same ones over and over because I'm only sending them right after I've had my first one-to-one with a new referral partner. So they're getting, they're all fresh and new for them to get. They're old to me, but they're fresh and new for them. So that's one way that I do it as I send them. And I will put um, my actual success stories up at um, Kearney. I'm sorry, that's my the name of my team. At Kinetic Spark Consulting, in my show notes, I'll put the actual um, sample test or uh, success stories up there so that you can take a look at them. So you know what? You already have them done. You can steal mine. Feel free to do so. So that's one way that, that I use them. Another way is to also share this. Um, the success stories with potential clients. Maybe they have a situation that's very similar and I want to make sure that they know that I'm capable of handling that situation for them. So I might share that success story with them. Um, Not really as part of a process in my systems, but more just if I feel like maybe they just need to know that they're not the only ones out there, they're not an island out there in their situation, I might assist Um, share one of those success stories with them as well. So those are great. You can give them to borrowers, you can give them to realtors, you can give them to referral partners, whatever fits your fancy. In the case of the refinance with the certified mortgage planning specialist um, and restructuring uh, and structuring a refinance to save them Uh, over $600 a month and then redirecting those funds into college funds and paying off some um, non-preferred debt so that the cash flow could then be redirected into an upside-down investment property. And if that sounds confusing, that's exactly what I do on a daily basis. But my financial planners love hearing those success stories. So if you're trying to break in with a um, financial planner or an estate planner, those are perfect success stories to be providing to them. Um, So on to recommendation letters. Gosh, you know, it's it's perceived indifference on our clients. They may or may not know that we work by referral. We have to tell them. That has to be part of our discovery meeting that we talked about um, a few episodes back. And uh, we have to let them know that we do work by referral and that we rely on referrals from our clients and our referral partners to to make a living, Um, at least for me. I don't do any advertising. I don't buy lists. I don't really care if I have a lead come through a website because I don't have time and nor do I want to take the time to filter out those types of clients. I, I would rather spend that same time developing a strong relationship with a client who will refer me seven more clients. But that's just my take. I'll have lots of other opinions on the show so that you can hear everyone else's opinion on that as well. But it's in, um, what happens is that the client doesn't really know what that means that we work by referral unless we help them understand that. So 
We do that at the discovery meeting, and then we're doing that throughout the whole process, and particularly when we talked about the Lovometer for um, visiting the borrower's office to deliver an approval congratulations gift um, in episode 10 is um, that we want to re-emphasize with them that we do work by referral. And because that level meter is at its peak, that's the best time for us to get referrals. So we're always going to be asking for them. But let's say that we get to the closing and we don't have a referral. And, and our goal on our team is making sure that we have one and one rather than one and done. We want to make sure that we're always growing our business through these referrals. So let's say that you don't have any referrals by the time you go to closing or you haven't really gotten to the point where you're comfortable asking for referrals throughout the whole process. So I would tell you, continue to listen to the podcast because we're going to talk about that as well. But um, if you don't have that way, the only time I'm really comfortable about hiding behind the keyboard confidence that I've talked about before is sending a letter to or an email to your client asking for help. Everyone wants to help. And anytime someone comes to you and says, you know, do you think I could get your help on something? We are all game for that. So this is a perfect time to send an email to your client saying, do you know, could I get your help on something? And explain to them that, you know, I know that you know that my business is based on referrals And I was wondering if I could ask for your assistance. Would you be willing to write a recommendation letter for me that I could share with others who had the same, who are in the same experience uh, or the same situation that you just experienced? So the example here might be that it's a first-time home buyer who's a veteran. So I would like for them to write a recommendation letter that talks about, you know, as a veteran and a first-time home buyer, I found that Jennifer's team is wonderful and great and all these these wonderful things. Um, And then I'm going to share that same recommendation letter with another veteran who's a first-time home buyer so that they can be in the same boat together. So we make and create, we don't make, but we create and pool all of these testimonials into different buckets and pockets as it relates to either first-time home buyers, refinancing, credit issues, relocation, move-up buyers, reverse mortgages, um, second homes, investors, all of them, and categorize those into areas so that when you have a new client who is any one of those categories, you can send a series of these testimonials to that client to re-emphasize how great your business is and that you are completely capable of handling their transaction. Now, typically, we're not sending the entire testimonial. Um, I don't use a form. I have clients who say, okay, yes, I'd love to. Do you have a form? And the answer is no. I don't ever want to give them a format. Now, this is different than a survey. This is a testimonial or a recommendation letter. Um, I've even said to my clients, if you want to say that we are great and you want to put that in 120 size font, I'm happy with that. So I've had some people say it was great. I've had others write two or three page dissertations on their whole process, which um, I'm actually giggling about this because it was a teacher who did this. Um, 
who wrote this long dissertation. And I just thought it was pretty ironic that it happened to be a teacher who did it. But So you want to just take some excerpts from them, the best of, of that, so that it expresses and shows exactly what you can do for them. But we send this email out to our clients one month after closing. Um, we will learn, you will learn in following podcasts how my system, my elaborate system works. But one of the things that we do is that we call the borrower one month after closing to ensure that they've settled in and see how everything's going and ask all the fun things. And then we ask them whether they've received their first payment coupon or notification if their servicing's been sold, etc. And that is when we just remind them that we do work by referral and we appreciate them keeping us top of mind for any referrals to their friends or family. Once we hang up the phone with them, we do a couple things. Going back to um, virtually everything that I've talked about, about writing thank you notes, especially in the Great Retrace in Episode 3, we write them a thank you note and say, thank you so much for spending time with me on the phone. I'm so glad you're all settled in, and congratulations. I'll be in touch at a later point in time. But we also send an email saying, you know, could I get your help? A lot of people are in this situation. Some clients just need reassurance when they've met a new person that they are really and truly working with a professional, and I'm wondering if you wouldn't mind helping me by writing a recommendation letter. So I will post that actual verbiage that I use to send to my clients. You can speak that verbiage in a script format if you prefer on the telephone, or you can Um, just go ahead and send the email. The reason why we now send the email is because lots of times when we try to reach the client a month after closing, we get a voicemail and we don't actually get to ask them. So we keep that one month phone call to how is it going? Have you moved in? Is everything settling great? Is there anyone that we can refer you to to help you with painting or carpeting? And, um, you know, how have you received your first payment coupon? So in those cases, because we do have to leave a voicemail, then we'll follow up with the um, request for the recommendation letter in an email. Now, I will tell you, everybody wants to help. But the key here is just to follow up with them. Most of the time, your client's going to respond and say, absolutely, I can't wait. Of course, I'm happy to help you. Give me a week. Give me, a, you know, a couple of days, whatever the case may be. Um If you don't get a response from your client right away, then pick up the phone and say, hey, I sent you a recommendation or a request for a recommendation letter. I was wondering if you could help me. Did you happen to get that email? I just made that phone call to a client the other day who happens to be a realtor. And she said, oh, you know, I kind of remember seeing that, but we were moving in and everything was busy. So sometimes you have to do a little bit of a jog with them. But Rather than waiting another month or so when the, the feeling and the sensation of what they've been through has started to dissipate, it's better to catch them when they're all excited and they everything's fresh. So even though you might have to do a little more legwork sometimes, it's worth doing. So that's what I do with the recommendation um, letters with that. Now, um, as I said before, I send that to new clients just to re-emphasize our services, and then I ask it from existing clients post-closing. Now, the next way that you can do this, and another way instead of the recommendation letters themselves, it depends on how you're going to use them in your business, 
is that I, I provide the client in the email a link to Zillow to actually write the recommendation letter at Zillow. Now that link is going specifically to the recommendation section and not the endorsement section so that I can have reviews and recommendations up on Zillow and continue to increase my SEO, my search engine optimization on Zillow. So you can do the paper version and then ask them to do a short version on Zillow. You can ask them to go to Zillow and then you can capture all that information and transcribe it back into um, the success stories and the recommendation letters that you send to new clients and new referral partners. It's really a strong statement also when you can obtain recommendation letters from your realtors. That is a great opportunity for you to just make it a plug one week. And when we had talked back in episode two about the script on before we hang up, can you recommend a good, um, this is a great thing that you can do too. Maybe for the next week or so, every realtor that you talk to, you say, hey, before we hang up, I was wondering if you could help me. Would you mind writing a recommendation letter for me? Sometimes when I meet other real estate agents, they need that reassurance that they're working with someone really good and, a, and that will follow up and of good quality service levels. And watch what will happen with your realtors. You'll find out how they really feel about you. It is humbling, but it's also so... Um, it's such a satisfaction in our business to actually know that we're making a difference. Use those letters to provide to other realtors when you're trying to grow your business to show them that it's not just me saying I'm great and all these wonderful things that I can do, but it's someone else saying how good we are. And so that's going to go miles and miles in impacting your mortgage practice. So there you have it, the 10 ways to make an impact in your mortgage practice we have done over the last 10 podcasts. I am now so excited to move on to other areas to continue to share with you and help your business grow. You just don't know how excited I am to be able to share my wealth with you, whether it's something you like to do or things that you think are kind of crazy, I think you're going to find that while I am a woman, I don't do many goofy things. I'm very much about serving people and serving my clients to the best of my ability and being genuine in doing that as well. So my hope is that over the next year or two, as you continue to listen to these podcasts, that your business just grows and flourishes um, both internally and externally. And I cannot wait to hear more of your reviews on how I can help your business continue to grow by bringing you what you want to hear. So until we meet again next time, happy selling. Thank you for listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. If you liked what you heard, please drop by iTunes and leave a comment or rating. Get more free email updates, transcripts, selling and education resources, and Jen's upcoming speaking events. Just visit our website at kineticsparkconsulting.com.